0: Amen. It's all about Jesus here every Sunday, every day of the week, but you've come on a special Sunday. You get two sermons for the price of one. So I'm going to start off from the book of Hebrews with some encouraging words and pass it over to JP, and he's going to talk to us about Holy Week and what Jesus went through. We're getting ready for a great Easter time next Sunday. Invite your neighbors, we want to see you out here. Friday night is Good Friday, and we have a special service going on. Also here, this, all the information is in your program. And actually, next Saturday is the Poway Community Easter Egg Hunt. And our church is a part of being a presence there. There will be thousands of people there. And they're all gonna stop by the Pomerado Christian Church bubble booth. So you ought to come out too. It's a fun time. We want our community to know that we're here. So, uh, oh, and then there's something going on this afternoon too. From two to five, come and go as you will. It's open house. I'd like to tell you all about it. But I can't. They won't let me know. They've been kicking me out of meetings left and right. So you're just going to have to do what I have to do. Show up and find out. But we're bound to have a good time, because it's a pomerado party. So that's a good thing, right? Now, we always have guests with us, and if you're here for the first time today, we especially want you to feel welcome. In fact, we have a little greeting committee in the back where that green flag is that says welcome, and with a gift for you. So be sure to take a moment either before you exit today or in a few minutes, we're going to stand and just greet one another. So thank you for being our guests. We're glad you're here we have some special people here today, many friends. We're, I'm personally glad to see you. I have all three of my kids here today, all six of my grandkids here today. Wow. So that's fun. And you know, Linda and I came down here 40 years ago, and you might think that's a long time. Well, it is. But. I just want to introduce my sister, Tamara Gallagher, and her husband, Pastor Ron. And next to them is my brother, Pastor Darrell, and his wife, Charlene. And these guys have been in the ministry so long that if you add it all up, it's almost a hundred years together. And I just want to honor them. Raise your hand so they know who you are. And we have a couple guests in the front row, but I'll introduce you to them in a few minutes. Let's all stand together to have some handshakes and some hellos. And again, if you're a guest with us back in the corner, we have a gift for you. <laughs> all right, here we go. Get out your Bible, would you? We want to see what God has to say for us today, some encouraging words. In fact, I I have a title for my part of the message today. I want to lift three words from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And those three words are, run the race. In fact, you get out your Bible or take the Bible that's right in front of you, in the seat rack ahead of you, and turn to page 1875. This is Hebrews, chapter 12. And I'm going to read the first few verses together as soon as you find that. Run the race. You'll see those words right here in the first verse. Here we go. Verse 1 of chapter 12. Book of Hebrews. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin That so easily entangles. And let us run. With perseverance. The race. Marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame. He sat down at the right hand at the throne of God. Consider him. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and will not lose heart. Run the race. So as we read through this, we find out this is talking about You running your race. Let's look at chapter 12. And notice the first word is therefore. That means chapter 12 is linked to the chapter that's right before us. So let's put a picture up here so we can actually just picture this in our minds. Chapter 12 is about you running the race that's before you. Look at this again. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It's your turn to run now. And you need to have, in fact, let's put a picture of a runner up there so we can see what this is talking about. Let us throw off everything that hinders. You know, you don't see these guys with uh, their shoelaces tied together to each other or wearing big baggy pants or weights that would slow them down. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily entangled and run with perseverance. Now, you need to have a goal. You need to have the tape, the finish line in your eyes. And that is what? That's verse two. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. He's the one who not only started but finished the job he needed to do. He's the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And even though it was tough, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down, meaning he finished the work that he began. So consider him. And that's what we're doing today. This is the race that now you need to run. In fact, um, now let's go back. We have this chain. Chapter 12 links up with chapter 11 because of the word therefore. Therefore. And you know chapter 11, this is one of the most famous chapters of the Bible, it's the Hall of Fame. It mentions hero after hero in chapter 11. Uh, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Samson, Gideon, and uh, Rahab, and Sarah, and so on and so forth. But notice at the end of chapter 11, look at verse 39, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what has been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. In other words, the heroes of the past were heroes of their day. They did what they were called to do by faith, but then they handed the job over to the ones who followed them, and who followed them, and now it's Our turn to run our race. Now, what kind of race is that? Where you don't finish it, but you only run part of it and then pass it on. That's a relay race. And we need to realize that even though Jesus finished the job of winning salvation and paying for the sins of the world, we have to finish the job of telling the world. And now it's our turn. I wonder what kind of race you're running as an individual. What is the challenge that you're up against? What is it that you have to endure and keep on and keep focused on the prize? But also as a congregation, we're running together. And congregations have leaders who need to run well, and when they get a little older and tired, they need to pass the baton on to a younger guy who can carry that on. So. In the meantime, those who ran before us are standing on the sidelines and in the stands, and they're cheering us on. Come on now, it's your turn. So I want to encourage us as Pomerado Christian Church to keep spreading the gospel. The job is not done yet. And as leaders, I want to in particular encourage JP, and because i have been saying for months now—it's time to pass the baton. So uh, today, that's what we're doing metaphorically, and uh, I want to call JP up and let's just really welcome JP Sheparis to the stage here. That microphone you just dropped has been giving me trouble for years. So I commission you to buy a new microphone, all right? I'm <laughs> excited. But get that thing put back on there, all right? So, and you know, this is a secret that no one knows about that you have this little battery pack behind you. Now, JP and I, and I've uh, we been working together for a month. I really appreciate him. I'm ready to hand things over. But I just know, JP, that, I mean, you must be intimidated by me. <laughs> uh, I just know this because clearly clearly I have more hair than you do. And I've been looking at this for a month it hasn't grown a bit. Look how long mine is. Both of them. All right. So we want to encourage you, not discourage you, and, and and we know you have what it takes, but I have a couple people here on the front row I want to call up. Dane Johnson from Christ Church of the Valley in San Dimas come. He, um, he's worked alongside JP for the last 12 years up in the Los Angeles area. Dane, thank you for coming. Why don't you just explain a little bit and I'll get the mic to you. Thank you,
1: thank you. Actually, uh, as I told you, I. I I'm not really a pastor. Uh, I, I'm a parole officer for JP. <laughs> Couldn't believe a church would actually hire him while he was still under my care. But, so just joking. So a little bit. No, so 12 years ago, uh, a 20-year-old kid showed up at my men's fraternity. Uh, we would meet every Thursday morning at 5.30 in the morning. Now, most 22-year-olds that I know don't even know there's a 5.30 in the morning, right? This guy would show up every week like clockwork. And he didn't just show up, he would serve every week. And uh, when when I got to know him better and as we spent some time together, I learned that the reason why he came was because he wanted to grow. And he wanted to learn because he was getting married, he was starting out in ministry, and he just wanted to get better. Now, I don't know uh, where you are in your life, but for me, when a young man wants to learn, when a young man actually craves hearing what an older guy has to say, well, that's my kind of guy. And so I, I cabbaged on to, uh, to J.P. J.P. We've spent a lot of time together over the last 12 years. We've, we've laughed together. We've cried together. We've served together. We've celebrated together. God has done extraordinary things in and through him. And I'm so proud of him and his wife, Stephanie. Uh, they're just an extraordinary couple. One of the things I love about him the most is that he, this is a humble man. This is a humble dude right here. And you'll get to know that about him. And as you do, I hope that that draws you to him the way that, uh, that, he, that I was drawn to him as well. But here's the deal. Uh, I wanted to say in front of all of you to JP something that I've said to him many times over. I'm very proud of you. You know that. And, and you have what it takes to be a senior pastor. I know you've never been one before. You're going to be great because you have what it says. God would never call you to do something. That he didn't equip you to do as well. So you have what it takes. And, and I, I just love you in every way. And I'm so proud of you. I, if, I was, if I could, I would tell you, well, I guess I will.
2: <laughs> you have the mic, so.
1: I, I'm proud of you. you. You are my son. And I'm proud of you. And I love you. Thank you
0: Bob Scott was a pastor here in the San Diego area for years, and he's, now he's with Church Development Fund. Church Development Fund was, uh, was here for us when we put this building up, and they'll be with us again when we have the next building program, Bob, but Amen. thank you for coming. Say a few words, would you please? Well, it's good to be here,
3: and we appreciate uh, the, the partnership that we've had with this church for many, many years. And uh, it's just been a great partnership because all of us together have made it possible for a lot of churches to grow and for a lot of people to become Christians. And we're looking forward to working with J.P. and the rest of the elders and the rest of this church for the future. I just met him this morning in the hallway back there, and I already like him. <laughs> and uh, I think he's going to do a good job, and we'll just be praying for him and for his family as they've come to unite their lives here And uh, we're excited about it, and we look forward to the future together, okay?
0: And actually, we're all going to pray together, but I want to call the elders of the church up, those who are in the service right here, and we're going to ask J.P. to step forward, and we're going to come alongside him and behind him and pray for him. Dane, I'm going to hand the microphone for you to start, and the rest of us will follow.
1: Would you bow with me as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful today. Our hearts are full of joy. Uh, that Your your kingdom is being established here on this earth uh, and through this church right here in Pomerado and Poway. God, we just pray that in the name of Jesus and by the power of His resurrection, Your blessing on Pastor J.P., on his wife, on their children, on the elders of this church, and on every single person who currently calls this church their church home and every person that in the coming months and years would come to know you as their Lord and Savior, would land here. Father, we pray your blessing on them in the name of Jesus. Amen.
3: Father, we continue to pray for J.P. and for his family. Lord, we just pray that you'll give him uh, the words, the heart, encourage him and bless him and guide him and and keep him and his family together to honor you as your word goes forth. Lord, we just thank you for this church. And I thank you for the years that we've been able to be a part of this ministry. And uh, just thank you, Lord, for 40 years of ministry that is being uh, transferred today. And just thank you, Lord, for guidance and direction and leadership uh, in the lives of these leaders and their families. In Jesus' name I pray.
4: Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this special day, Lord. We get to stand here on this stage with two people that we love so much and have grown so much with over the years, Lord. And we thank you for Evan and, and, and his service to the church, Lord. We thank you for JP, Lord, who's now going to be the senior pastor of this church, Father. The passing of the baton is taking place right here amongst us, Father. And and Lord, I just ask and pray that your Holy Spirit will be with JP even more and more and more as he digs into the scriptures to teach us that he would rightly abide the word, that Lord, we could grow, and that Lord, you would just bless him, bless his family too, Lord. Being a minister is a big job, and Lord, we just want to uh, stand beside him and bless him, Lord, and then do whatever thing we can to uh, tell him that we love him and work with him, Lord.
3: Lord, God, Father in heaven, I'd just like to lift up J.P. to you this morning and ask for discernment. Lord, we know that your will be done, and we know that you have allowed us uh, to find J.P., and you've uh, given J.P. to us, Lord, to lead us. Uh, We'd ask for discernment so that J.P. know your plan for our church, uh, that he know uh, exactly what it is that you want for us to do, Lord, uh, and grow and follow your word. Thank you, Lord.
5: Dear Lord, in some ways, it's, it's so hard to believe this day is here. It's, it's been about three years since we learned that Evan was going to pass the baton. And yet, Lord, it came so quickly. There were many times where we, were, we felt the burden of selecting a senior pastor. And Lord, I thank you for the comfort and peace that you filled us with, the way we were able to work together as a team, And the way you led us to JP. And Lord, after now working with him for two months after we said, JP, we'd like you to be our next senior pastor, we're even more confident that this is the decision that you had us make, Lord. That you led us to this time. We pray, Lord, that you give him the ability to discern your will. The courage to follow it, Lord. A staff and a team of volunteers and a church body that will love and support him and his family, Lord. We just ask that you be with each and every one of us, Lord, as we now see what the next 30 years brings us. We thank you so much for the decades of Evan's service, his faithful leadership, and, Lord, the example that he has set. Guide us and direct us in all that we do.
0: And now, Lord, we pray many years, much fruit, all for the name of Jesus, and together as a congregation we say, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you gentlemen, you can step down, JP, you can step up. <laughs> you know, um, we figure at, at some point there needs to be an actual transfer of responsibility, and I've been saying for months now, we're going to pass the baton, and last Monday at our board meeting, someone said, you know, it's too bad, we just don't have a baton, but actually, I do, <laughs> and it says Pastor J.P. Shaparis, run the race, That's Hebrews 12.1, so we're going to let Art, don't touch it yet, Oh, <laughs> but has got a smile for the camera, so... Comerano Christian Church, your pastor, and mine, JP.
2: Well, this is a, this is a, a powerful day, an exciting day. Um, I can't tell you how much, uh, how humbled, how honored how blessed uh, I am and, and our family is to be a part of Pomerado Christian Church and be able to lead um, this church and to follow in the footsteps of Pastor Evan Foote. We are so thankful um, for this opportunity and we're so excited uh, for what God has in store as he's already done so many great things in and through this church. Uh, we recognize that, that he's, he's faithful and he'll continue to move in incredible ways. So thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of this time now, as we kind of alluded to, this has been a season of transitions for me and my family. Uh, we're going to take just a few minutes. I think I have about 45 minutes now that I have the baton. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, we're, we're just going to take a few minutes to continue this reflection series. Um, and we're going to be looking at people as we have been through the, the Gospel of John And being able to have a time to reflect on these lives of these real men and real women that lived thousands of years ago and to see ourselves, our own reflection in their lives and hopefully learn something from that. And so we're going to take a moment um, to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus in John 19. We'll be on page 1684, 1684, uh, John 19 in just a few minutes. But like I mentioned, this has been a huge season of transition for us. You know, we've left friends that we've known for years to make new friends that we hope will last for years. We sold the home that we had always wanted to move to a city in which we've always wanted to live. That 10 years ago, my my wife and I, we were driving through for a wedding. We drove through this, this little town called Poway, and we said, wouldn't it be awesome to live here someday? And God is good, and we look and we say, I love it when a plan comes together. And we left an amazing church after 12 years to lead and to be part of an amazing church that we hope to lead for many, many more. And so through it all, the reason we were able to make it through this transition, the reason we are able to move forward with transition is that it was so clear and evident that God was in it and through it and moving. And so that gave us the courage to be able to move forward even when things were uncertain and even when the idea of a transition was so daunting that we didn't know what it was gonna even look like. And so, for us, we recognize as we're having reflections on facing transitions, and for some of us, we know a transition is coming in our lives, and we're excited about it, like we are now. We're excited, yes, we've said bye to people, and and we're saying hello to many, many more, and we're excited about that, but we're overall, we're ready, and we're excited about this season, about this transition. And for some of us, we have those types of moments. Maybe it's, it's the idea of a couple that is engaged, and they're excitedly waiting to figure out you know where all the family sits, and what meal it is, and all looking at Pinterest for everything, so that they could celebrate their wedding together and join their lives together. For some people, it might be the idea of being pregnant and really excited about being able to welcome in a new life. What what some people might be being able to graduate and be able to go off and to be able to go to a new school and, and learn uh, what God has for them there. There's a lot of exciting transitions, but for some of us, there are times in which. We face transitions and we don't know how to respond. Those transitions that we don't know, we don't see coming. And so when we face them face to face, you know, it's the phone call from the doctor that you never wish to hear. It's the moment when you recognize that a loved one has received a phone call that no one would wish to hear and and you're trying to face that, you don't know how to respond. That you wanna believe God is in it, but sometimes we can't see it in that moment. And there's times in which a transition is coming, and like we just mentioned, we cannot see God in the midst of it. We, we want to believe that God is in this, but we can't see it. We don't know. We hope, but maybe it's, it's just unclear. So how? How do we face transitions? And we're going to look at just three verses, looking at Mary, uh, Jesus' mother. Again, this is p- uh, page 1684 in the Church Bible, John 19 and 25 through 27. Says this, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Now, the first note that we're gonna talk about today, we have four quick points. The first one is that transitions can be difficult for everyone involved even when we know they're coming. So transitions can be difficult for everyone involved, even with the knowledge that it's coming. See, Jesus knew that he was eventually going to have to die for our sins. That's, that's why he came to earth. It doesn't mean that when he was on the cross, it was easy for him. We see the garden of Gethsemane when he says, father, please take this cup, but not your will or not my will. Sorry, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. See, we look at this moment in which Jesus refers to his mom as woman and says, you know, that's not a pejorative, that's not a negative, it's not disrespectful. It's, it's this idea of being able to say, dear woman, or, or dear person there. And she, he says, dear woman, here is your son. Because looks, he looks down and recognizes that he can't take care of her anymore. And so he says, woman, here is your son. But let's take a moment to look at the first time we hear Jesus refer to his mom as woman in the Gospel of John, and that's in John chapter 2 at the wedding of Cana, and in that moment, the, the, they run out of wine, and his mom goes up to him, Mary goes up and says, they've run out of wine, and he says, dear woman, why do you involve me in this? My time has not yet come. See, Jesus let her knew by saying my time had not yet come, that the time would come. And so here she is now, with the time had come. That as when she dedicated the baby Jesus at the temple, Simeon told her, there will be a sword that will pierce your soul because of how much pain you're going to be in because this child is going to do great things. But a sword will pierce your soul. And here she is, 33 years later, and seeing her son's side being pierced for our transgressions. And we recognize that even though she knew that this day would come, it didn't make the day any easier. Again, The first time he called her woman, he told her his time had not yet come. And now when he says, dear woman, his time had. And so the knowing that he was going to die didn't make it any easier. And knowing that difficult transitions are coming up don't make it any easier. And that's okay. It's okay to wrestle with transition. It's okay to not know how to always feel. It's okay to do those things because we recognize that we have a God who understands. Number two, if number one is the idea that transitions can be difficult for everyone involved without the, with the knowledge of them coming, transition number two is transitions strengthen and deepen our relationship with God. They strengthen and deepen our relationship with God. I'm going to read from a, a biblical commentator named William Hendrickson. This is what he says. It was very kind of Jesus to emphasize by the use of the word woman that Mary must no longer think of him as being merely her son. For the more she conceives of him as her son, the more also will she suffer when he suffers. And here's the point. Mary must begin to look upon Jesus as her Lord. That that relationship with how she understood Jesus, she knew he was going to save the world, but but he was still her son. He was still her child. And, And this was the moment whereby Jesus saying, woman, here is your son. And recognize that in that moment, he's saying, Listen, I could call you mom, and that would dig deep. That would feel like that sword is piercing your side again. But what he's trying to say here is the idea that I'm not just your son. I am your son, but I'm not just your son. I'm your Lord, I'm your Savior. And that understanding of that identity of who he was to her had to sh- be strengthened within her and deepened within her so that she could face the rest of that day and so that she could move forward and recognize that he wasn't just her son, he's her Lord. We see God in a new way in the midst of transitions and our trust in him grows. When I got married, I had a new understanding of what it meant To be a husband and to read ephesians 5 and know what it was like to love my wife steph the same way that christ loved the church when i had Shaylin as our first daughter i had a new understanding of what it meant to be a father what it meant to to be able to love someone so much even though they hadn't done anything yet but because she was mine she was loved because you are his you are loved and recognizing that that change, these changes in our lives, they strengthen and they deepen our relationship with God because it helps us to understand Him more. Number three, transitions are, are, are opportunities for us to see how God provides. They're opportunities for us to see how God provides. See, Jesus being a good son would follow the Ten Commandments of Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, the idea of honoring your mother and your father. And so she, he made sure that she was provided for by, by giving John, his beloved disciple, the responsibility to provide for her as she aged and as she grew up. And we recognize here, notice that he didn't pass on this care to one of his Brothers that were younger than him, like James, who became a leader in the, in the church later on, many years after believing, because he had this thing which he said in Matthew, that who are my mother and my brothers? They're the ones who do the will of the Father. So John, as his beloved disciple, was the one he trusted the most to care for his beloved mom. And so we recognize this, that the woman that Jesus loved most while he was here on earth was his mom, Mary. And he showed his love and care for her by making sure that she was provided for by the beloved disciple John. But the woman that Jesus loves most now is his bride, the church. And he shows his love and his care for us by making sure we are provided for by the Holy Spirit, by the body of believers, and by the word. And so we recognize that he loves us so much. And that when I think about my daughters, I think about how much I love them and and how precious they are to me. But I have to remember that God loved them first and he loves them more than I ever could. That he was their dad before I was. That we recognize that as part of the church, as we talk about passing the baton, as we talk about that Hebrews 11, the Hall of Fame, we recognize that because we've been surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses that we can fix our eyes on the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Because when it comes to his bride, when it comes to his church, Jesus is providing for us and he's with us in the midst of transitions, in the midst of uncertainty We can fix our eyes upon him and not get confused by the wind and the waves, but to fix our eyes upon him. Because we've been surrounded by that crowd of witnesses. And so we see that in the midst of transitions, we can see how he provides. Yes, he can provide physically, but he can provide care, leadership, love, and hope in the midst of transitions when it seems like it's really difficult. Lastly, transitions reveal the heart of God. Again, reading from William Hendrickson, he says this, that a lesson in the responsibility of children thinking of Jesus toward their parents thinking of Mary is implied here. That is true, but certainly that is not the main lesson. The suffering of Jesus is seeing Mary suffer and especially his wonderful love A Savior's concern for one of his own far more than a son's concern for his mother. These are the things on which the emphasis should be placed. That transitions reveal the heart of God. Because we recognize that When we suffer, when we're facing a transition, when we're struggling, when we're not sure, and when we want to see God and we want to see how he's working, we don't always do so. But we also remember that many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. We recognize that we need to fear not, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We recognize that we are not alone in this path. We could see the heart of God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin to became sin so that you and I might experience the righteousness of God, so that you and I might be able to experience eternal life, which is knowing God and the son whom he sent. And we get to look at this idea that when we are in a transition and when we're suffering, I don't know about you, but I think I do, that it's so comforting to know that we have a savior, we have a high priest, we have a Lord who suffered too. And he knows, he knows what it's like to suffer, to go through things that we can't even imagine. So when we suffer, when he sees us going through a hard time, he can understand and he sent us the Holy Spirit to be our guide, to be our paraclete, our comforter, so that we are not alone. And so as we see this, we recognize that yes, when we suffer during a transition, when we have a hard time, we can see the heart of God because he sent his son to suffer. But we also see his love for us, his love that is so wonderful that he, that he is more concerned about us being and becoming who he's created us to be than he is concerned about our happiness. That he recognizes that if there's a transition and there's a struggle and it's something that hurts, but it's something that's gonna ultimately shape us and form us and mold us into who he's created us to be, to have a testimony or a story that will bring other people who are far from God near to him, then he'll allow that. He'll suffer with us and hurt with us while it's happening. But he's not gonna stop it from happening because his purpose still needs to prevail. And so no matter what transition we are facing, we need to remember that he's more concerned with our holiness, becoming more Christ like, than he is with our happiness and being more like the world. So, in a couple moments, we're going to take communion together. And again, we just had four quick points looking at understanding and facing transitions based on the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Recognizing that it's still difficult. We know even when transitions are coming, they're still difficult. We remember that it allows us to strengthen and deepen our relationship with God because we have to trust him more and lean into that. That we recognize it provides opportunities for us to see how he provides. And we see the heart of God. And there is no better place, no more clear place, that we see the heart of God. This heart that was suffering and this heart that was filled with love there's no greater place we see that than the cross of Christ. Imagine with me the transition that Jesus must have experienced. He who knew perfect unity with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, he who knew perfect unity came down from the riches of heaven into the rags of a manger, lived a perfect life, was suffering a horrible death, and experienced feeling truly forsaken from the one from which he had had perfect unity in heaven. Imagine that transition. He didn't go through that transition lightly. He went through that transition so that you and I could experience the transition of once being enemies of God, but recognizing that while we were still sinners, that God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that he died for us, that he sent Jesus to die for us. That he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life so that we could transition from being people who are far from God and once enemies of Christ to friends of God and children of God and how lavish the love of the Father is that we may be called children of God because that is what you are. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day and we thank you that you Jesus, that we may recognize that no matter what transition we face, that we are not alone. No matter what transition we are experiencing right now, that we have a God, we have a a Savior and a Lord who understands. That we have a Savior and a Lord who has suffered too. And we have a Savior and a Lord that, despite the suffering, loved us enough to go through that so that we may experience eternal life, so that he who knew no sin became sin, so that we may have eternal life. So, Lord, as we take this bread that represents Jesus' body that was battered and broken and bruised and torn, that as he was hanging on the cross, he still cared for his mom and still provided for her, that still made sure that we knew that no matter what transition we're facing, that he is with us. He's Emmanuel. And that we take the, the cup that represents his blood that was poured out, that wipes us clean, that takes away our sins as far as the east is from the west. We recognize that now we can transition from being those who are, have righteousness of filthy rags to one who experiences the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. So we take the bread and we take the cup. Thanking you for that. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So if you are here and you are, uh, you don't have to be a member here, but if you know the Lord and, and you want to have this time of communion, take the bread, take the cup. And in remembrance of Jesus' sacrifice, recognize that we are now able to have eternal life, not because we loved him first, but because he loved us first and he loved us more than we could ever hope for or imagine. Feel free to partake as you feel led. good to know, no matter what transition we're facing, that it is well with our souls. Amen? Amen. 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 You know, today does mark a big transition for our church, and it's something that, um, you know, we've seen the idea of a relay race, and you've seen what happens when the handoff does not happen well, and they're disqualified from the race. And so, we would be remiss if we did not take a moment to recognize that, yes, we want as many of you as possible to come back here uh, between 2 to 5 and to be able to say hi to Evan and Linda and their family uh, to be able to, to show them that respect and to give honor to whom honor is due and pastor Evan is very high on that list that, that as we talk about someone that you've had a leader that has loved led and served well you've had a leader that whose ministry is not numbered in years but in decades that you have a leader that we recognize that we'll hear without a shadow of a doubt those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And so what I want to know is I know not all of you may be able uh, to come back this afternoon. We hope you do. We hope you come. Just don't eat all those pulled pork sliders. Those are for me. Um, (laughs) But we hope you come back. But if you are unable to, can we take just a couple moments to celebrate and honor Pastor Evan Foote. There came that part where, like, no one wanted to be the first one to stop. So it's like, let's just keep going one more time. Um, so everyone, we are, again, we're so excited to be able to build on the legacy uh, of the Foot family and being able to build on that legacy to recognize that we still are going to be a church, that we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're going to love people, and we're going to bring those who are far from God near to God to recognize that, as, as he mentioned, our race here as a church is not done that there are people here in the San Diego area in the Poway area that still don't know who the Lord is. And so even though it's a big transition in many ways, in many ways we're just running that race, continuing on, and we're going to run as if to win that race. And we're going to do so that the people who don't know the Lord in this area will experience the greatest transition there is, one who is far from God and once an enemy of God to one who is a child of God and has eternal life. Amen? Thank you all so much for coming. We hope to see you later this afternoon. God bless you. We'll see you next week for Easter.